The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, it's a really uh, fantastic uh, gospel passage that we have uh, for the celebration of this, this great feast, the epiphany, the manifestation, the revelation of, of God as man to the nations. Yeah, this is a it's significant uh, theme. It's right in front of us. We have to make sure that we, that we see at least this much, uh, that those, uh, those magi from the east, uh, those wise men, astronomers, astrologers, stargazers, what, whatever you want to call them. I'm not sure that we should call them kings, but they were rich. Um, they coming from the east. Uh, these, these, are, these men are symbolic of the nations of the world, the non-Jewish nations of the world. And, uh, and they stream, uh, as it were, to, uh, to the high point of, of Israel, now not the holy city or Zion, the mount, but uh, to Jesus himself as the f- fulfillment of the promises of God, uh, not only to, to save and redeem Israel, but uh, by the redemption of Israel also to save, heal, redeem, raise up uh, his entire beloved creation. So we have, you know, this, um, the, the, the non-Jewish nations, the Gentiles, uh, coming to, to Jesus to pay him homage uh, this this passage is uh, is is beautiful because it gives us it gives us those themes and it gives us much more besides it gives us the shape and the character of of the king uh, of his rule uh, the rule under which uh, we have willfully and joyfully submitted ourselves and certainly uh, the king to whom we make our own pilgrimage uh, today bringing bringing our gifts really the best we can muster this morning uh, to turn over uh, to him. In, in thankful praise. So there are a couple, just really a couple of points that I want to offer for your uh, reflection today. You know, we see uh, the star that leads the way, and um, some, of our, some of our better scholars will talk about the confluence of Saturn and 
Jupiter in the years prior to the birth of Jesus, uh, Saturn representative of, uh, of the Jewish people and, uh, and Jupiter of kings. The coming together of those stars in the, in the night sky would have, would have been symbol enough, right? It would have been um, sign enough of the coming of a new king of the Jews uh, that the magi, those, those skilled at interpreting the heavens, would have made their journey from afar, just at the chance uh, to meet uh, the newborn royalty, as it were. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's not for nothing that those who, who in this passage study the stars are open to the revelation of God. Those who are, those who are keen on the life of heaven and, and what it means for God's good world, God's beloved creation, it's, it's they to whom the revelation of, of God as man is given. Right? We, we don't have in the passage um, an, a sense that, you know, there's, there's a line out the door, as it were, in Bethlehem, right? Jesus, Mary, Joseph in the house, it's not as though there's a constant stream of, of visitors, right? It's not as though people are coming, you know, his, his house is, is filled with, with the richest gifts of all people, um, and, uh, you know, and they're, and they're all enjoying basking in the, in the light of, of God's glory there. No, it's those who have set their sights in the heavens, those, those who are keen to see the interaction between heaven and earth uh, to whom the revelation of God as man is given. Those, can I say also, those who not only are called from afar, so in the sense of like those who, might, who we might otherwise believe to be beyond God's reach, like those who are, who are called from afar and set out in journey to the Lord, an, you know, an arduous a, a difficult, dangerous journey, right? those who are committed to go and, and traverse all manner of conditions, snow and slippery, ro- slippery roads and the hills of Bhutan and, and all the rest, right? Those who, who, have set, who have set out, committed to the goal of seeing heaven come to earth, yet those, those are the ones to whom the revelation of God's glory as man is given. Yeah, and there's something very, like I said, there's something very significant about that, precisely because of the shape and character of, of the rule of Christ Jesus. Yeah, the, the God who has been born among us, the God who wants to work out um, the, the healing of, of the world's ills from within, from within the creation, right, always is coming to those who labor and toil. It's coming to those who, who are struggling and striving for the things of God where they are, and eager, despite all difficulty, to see the face of God, right? to, to see his glory and, and, the, and his marvelous plan unfold, to be caught up into his kingdom and to be agents of, of his coming rule. Yeah, so this is, this is all going on in the passage. Yeah? This is not just simply um, you know, my, my attempt at poetry. Right? This, is, this is all happening in the parish, in, in, in the passage. Yes, in the parish as well, in the passage. Yeah, We, we have this... You know, this, the stars, I want to say, Matthew, as he's, as he's writing this account, the visitation of the Magi, is keen for us to get a whole, to get a look at the entire gospel. Yeah, here we have the stars shining in the, in the night sky. When we, when we next, sorry, when we're, when we're next brought to consider uh, this, the celestial, the matters of the celestial realm, right here we see darkness cover the whole earth at the death of Jesus. Right here we have Gentiles proclaiming Jesus as 
Lord and King. The next time we hear Gentiles say of Jesus that he is king, it will be in the Passion narrative. Right? In, in the soldiers of, uh, of Pilate will be in, in mockery taunting Jesus as King of the Jews. Right? Hail King of the Jews. Yeah? So, and that's the, that's the next moment that we have Gentiles in the, in the Gospel of Matthew claiming Jesus as king, as king of the Jews. Yeah, so Matthew wants us to have the whole narrative in mind. And, and of course, they're all, it's all of a piece. I mean, of course, it's all one, it's all one story. It's the narrative account of, of Jesus' life. It's the biographical account of Jesus' life. Of course, it, it's all one story. But here in the, in the manger, we see the wildness of God's plan. Yeah, we, we would think, and sometimes, I think sadly perhaps, we pray to a God who acts from outside of his creation. Yeah, in the sense of like, I'm, I'm saying that the difficult thing, it's not that God doesn't act from outside of his creation, right? God, God does, in fact, act from outside his creation. He, what's sad about that is we think that God really doesn't want much to do with us. And he's out, he's out there somewhere, he doesn't have very much to do with. You know, our, our day-to-day reality, our day-to-day affairs. And we pray, to a, we pray to a distant God and not to the God who was born among us. And not simply born among us, born in squalor. I mean, laid in, laid in a manger. Well, a happy coincidence, right, that, that there is at least a, a trough to lay the baby. Um, but, that's, but that's a sign of uh, extreme poverty. And God is not only, um, say, willing to endure it, he's actually eager to embrace it. He's eager to embrace the poverty of the human condition as the, as the conditions by which he can give himself totally away in order to bring the reconciliation that needs to be effected between God and man and, uh, and healing for his, for his wounded world. He's going to, he is going to do it from within. And that, that's wild. I think, I mean, anyway, that's it. No one really cares. Yeah? No? It, yeah, yeah. It is. It's wild. I, I'm a wild man myself because, because of the wildness of Christmas. Right? And it's not simply that. It's not simply that wild. Think of this. It gets wilder. Yeah? I mean, this, the Christmas story. Looking forward to um, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. The wildest thing of all is that we've been called into it. The wildest, for me, in my own story, the wildest thing is that I've been called into it. It's like, why would you choose me? Do you know? Like, but we should all be asking ourselves the same questions. We, at least we can ask ourselves the same question. This is just the wildness of, of the revelation of God as man. Christmas, Epiphany, and all the rest, all the way through his death and resurrection. Right? His rule is not what we would expect. In fact, the next, the next parallel, yeah, because we, we're looking at the kingship of Jesus, we're looking at the mage I come to, um, come to do him homage, and what great, what great homage they, they do him, by the way, right? They, they come and throw themselves at his feet. They, they prostrate themselves before him, that act of total submission. Yeah, and we're looking at the kingship of Jesus. We're right to, look for, right to look forward to the end of Matthew's gospel, the 28th chapter, yeah, where we see Jesus say, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is when, this is when, um, that the new Israel project is broken open to and for the world. Right? Jesus, his, his whole career, his whole earthly career, his mission, his ministry, 
is all, is all very, very Jewish. Yeah, in Matthew's gospel, he's holding off even the, the, uh, um, the suggestions that he ought to go beyond the Jewish border. Right? In fact, the Gentiles come crashing in from time to time, but he's like, no, look, I was sent to the house of Israel. Right? So he's renewing Israel so as to renew the world. But at the very end of the gospel, he says, right, go ye therefore, this is my, the 12 tribes, right here, the, the new Israel that I've gathered around myself that I'm now energizing with my own life, my own life of love, my own spirit, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have shown you. Right here, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, plunging them into the very life of God. Right, This is what he's saying to them. He's saying, go ye therefore to all peoples, to all the nations, baptize them, plunge them into the life of God. This, then, my friends, we have this snapshot, again, the very early scene of, of Jesus' life where he is being paid homage as, as king. This is how his kingship unfolds. And this is, again, the, the wildness of the continuation of Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's not wild enough that he's, that he's born, he's laid in a manger, and the rest, that he's born among us as man, that he takes on the poverty of our human condition. It's that he takes on the poverty of our human condition in us. Yeah? And he wants to bring his merciful rule to the world through us. This is, this is wilder yet. Yeah, and this is, this is then, say, the, the, the pledge of, of the life, the coming of the kingdom, the source, and, and the, the source of our strength for the building up of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, is here as we offer ourselves in thankful praise to God, our almighty Father, who embraced, who eagerly embraced our human condition so as to raise up his fallen world. Here we're given the pledge of eternal life. We, we feed on his own life of love in the Eucharist. And we're made to be what he is. Right? To, be, to be, again, um, those uh, incarnations or enfleshments of the love of God for his wounded world, right? For his world that's otherwise uh, left in darkness, we are to be his light, the light of, of his love. And so it's, it's ours not only to observe the story, to be, to be overjoyed by our experience uh, uh, of the story as we see it unfold in front of us, but it's ours to be caught up in the story itself, right? So we come and praise our God, our God made flesh for us in Christ Jesus, as he was laid in a manger, right, that, that great symbol of, uh, of feeding, we come to feed on his own life of love. And, and coming and having done him homage, we return by another way, right? We are, we are changed by the very fact of our being summoned by God to his service, of being summoned by God to give him praise. And praising him in the unfolding of his story, we're made fit to serve him with everything we've got as we pour out ourselves uh, before him and receive from him the strength we need to serve him in all things.